challenging times we're living through. Today we're going to be reading Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The word of the Lord says this, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem was going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locust and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Today we want to talk about the beginning of the gospel. Let's pray and ask God to bless our time. Lord, thank you for your word and for its power. Help us to understand. Give us light today, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Christmas is a time we associate with joy, goodwill toward men, fun with our families, and Lord willing, peace on earth, at least for a day or two. And it's right that we should think of this time of year that way because it's the time when we remember the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to live among sinners and to save them. So where does the good news about Jesus begin? Both Luke and Mark's Gospels start near a manger in Bethlehem. But Mark chose to begin his gospel in a different place. He began his gospel in the Old Testament scriptures and with a different lead character, John the Baptist. Now, why did Mark choose to do this? Why didn't he begin his story of Jesus with the manger like Luke and Matthew? What's the point? Well, the experts tell us that Mark began his gospel by jumping over the facts about Jesus' childhood and birth because Mark had a different purpose than Luke or Matthew. Mark, they say, wasn't interested in writing a biography of Jesus. He didn't set out to tell the story of Jesus' life the way a novelist or a biographer or a filmmaker might tell it, by relating facts one after the other. No. Mark's purpose was something greater than merely telling a story. Mark's purpose was to relate the good news that God has glorified himself by coming down to man, bringing with him forgiveness of sins to any who would humble themselves and believe the gospel. Now, in doing this, God has glorified himself beyond our wildest dreams. We learn at least three precious lessons through these eight verses. First of all, God glorified himself by sending good news to sinful people. You know, God is under no obligation to forgive anyone's sins. Our sin is our mess, and we're fully responsible for its disastrous repercussions. Nevertheless, God has sent us good news that we don't deserve in the coming of Jesus into our world. God's glory is that he saves the unworthy. Secondly, 
God has glorified himself by forgiving the sins of those who humble themselves and trust the good news about Jesus. God didn't ask us to swim the widest ocean or scale the highest mountain in order to be saved. It's so simple that even a little child can do it. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Simple faith takes us from death to life, and God glorifies himself by doing that. The simplicity of God's plan of salvation is stunningly beautiful. Finally, God has glorified himself by not only forgiving our sins, but by adopting us into his family forever. John pointed to this in verse 8 when he said, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. As water is the sign of cleansing and the seal of personal reception of that cleansing because of our faith, so Holy Spirit baptism is the sign of eternal life and the seal of its personal reception by the believer, making us no longer forgiven sinners alone, but now actually the children of God. He has adopted us into his family. That is his glory, and that is good news. An appropriate response to this good news is gratitude, and a sensible response is joy. In this year, when it's been so challenging to our spirits, here at year's end, we have a reminder. God has sent us good news in Jesus Christ, his son. You know, I have no idea what 2021 will bring in comparison to 2020, (laughs) perhaps just more of the same. But no matter what, God has glorified himself by sending good news to people living in darkness. There's forgiveness of sins for all who trust him. There's adoption as, as his forever child for all who believe. And that's pretty good news. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for sending us the gospel, the good news about Jesus. We are past masters at beating ourselves up, so we desperately need this good news, and especially so in this very difficult year. Thanks for glorifying your name and bringing us joy through Jesus Christ, your good news for modern man. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us again today. Join us Sundays for our online service at 9 a.m. and our on-site services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We have an on-site evening service as well at 6 p.m. Check out the App Store on your iPhone or the Play Store on your Android mobile device to download our new BFC app. Search for BFC Sebring to get your copy. Thanks again for joining us. Stay safe.